Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Welcome back for an extra. (laughs) An extra. This is going to be number 75, and then over the next couple weeks, you will hear me label them as number 75. So just, this is the legit real. Yeah, there's a mix-up. Not that it really matters, but... But who's counting? And today we're just doing something that... Uh, kind of like we did with the terminology one. Yeah, this is just something that kind of fell on our plate because of some people we know. So, not a very super exciting topic, but a hugely important, pertinent topic that we feel like we need to have a little commentary about. Yeah, and sadly we've had an experience related to this entire talk. Right. So... so there have been a couple of different things, and actually the DEA just earlier this year, not that actual long ago, they did this huge push um, on this new program thing they have that's One Pill Can Kill, and they did this whole DEA, DEA warrants about pills purchases and all the press pills and the hidden fentanyl and counterfeit pills and all of that. On October 1st, there was an article done by NBC News called When One Pill Kills that we were brought, that was brought to our attention from one of our patients. Yeah. Um, and sadly, uh, it involved one of, one of our patients' children. Yes. So um, and she's uh, she, very uh, she's, open about this. And, yeah, very open and uh, was okay with us talking about it. And she will be joining us on a future ep- episode in our podcast in in the future, always. But anyway, so this is, again, a very important topic, and I just think it's really important to talk about how common these counterfeit pills are. And when we're talking counterfeit, we mean all sorts of different types of pills, whether, I mean, most commonly they are the, the Percocet counterfeits, but also benzodiazepines. And they're fentanyl. And I think the thing to, to, that's so interesting about uh, what the story was about uh, by NBC and, and some of the stuff on the DEA uh, website is that Snapchat seems to be where a lot of these things are sold. And uh, Kurt doesn't really know what that is, except that there's filters. Yeah, there's a filter. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think... Yeah, like he just mentioned. And it's very interesting because, you know, the statistics as of when this article on NBC was published, you know, really looking at these fentanyl laced in at least 15 states as of then have independently confirmed deaths related to this. There's five other states that haven't quite come out straight with it, but that there have been overdose deaths in the states related to these counterfeit pressed fentanyl pills. Yeah, and I know in certain groups in the Twin Cities and I know in Saint Cla- in the St. Cloud area in central Minnesota, we've also seen this. I've had patients that uh, were taking uh, taking these every day mm-hmm. and had kind of built themselves up so that they, they weren't obviously killed by them, but uh, they they test positive for fentanyl and they are they look like a a Percocet. Right. And so, there's I mean, there's it, it, this kind of goes along with the whole thing we've talked about more recently, too, with heroin. And people think they're buying heroin and nobody even has heroin in their system. It's all fentanyl. But when you're talking about the pills, and I think this NBC article just 
it was very somber and depressing because I think we need to run through at least kind of the general of some of these cases, um, again, generally, but the ages. Yeah. And I think the scary part is that these counterfeit pills now, the, the, the number of them around has jumped by about over 400% in the last two years. And in fact, they had a DEA lab testing that's revealed that two out of every five pills uh, with fentanyl contain a potentially lethal dose. Mm-hmm. So the ones that are coming through have very high doses. Some, some are saying as high as two milligrams or a couple milligrams of fentanyl, which for somebody who's naive and thinks they're taking a benzo, yeah, not going to go well. Right. And, you know, I I was reading through this whole NBC article and thank you, NBC, for doing this and the DEA for pointing this out. We should probably give credit where credit is due. This is us just talking about these amazing um, articles and information. But uh, one of the kind of trends I started to notice in these, what, eight cases or so was some of the effect of of COVID and the lockdown and, you know, young people and Snapchat and, and all those things and the ability to just have that access or lack of access to their other sources of, of drugs. So, um, anyway, so basically the whole, the whole final thing that's come out of this is that Snapchat is really, and other uh, social media places are really starting to come out and are starting to come under fire, I should say, um, about this issue. And so, you know, one of the things that Snapchat has recently done to raise awareness is has actually done some of these um, public service announcements. It's, it's not in this article, but I have now since heard this, that Snapchat is doing some public service announcements about the risk of pressed pills. And I was given permission to share this amazing analogy. <laughs> so the mom of this patient that's in this article, that that is, she is my patient, her other son is my patient. Again, I was given all for full permissions to share this. And then the other son had died. But she said, I can't believe they're using public service announcements. She said, you know, it's kind of like back in the 80s or whatever when they did the the egg in the frying pan. This is this is your brain on drugs. Yeah, this is your brain. And then they crack it and it goes in the pan. It goes, this is your brain on drugs. And so I said, oh, it kind of seems like that. And she's like, um, exactly. She goes, if I would have... You know, she's like, I was watching that commercial back in the day, high as a kite on multiple different drugs. And all that commercial made me think of was, hmm, I kind of feel like eating some eggs. Hmm. I mean, so she basically, obviously, just did not think public service announcements were enough to address this problem. So they have to block them. They have to block them. And that's kind of what at least Snapchat has started to do. They've hired more people for its law enforcement response team. I mean, that's pretty significant when you need a law enforcement response team um, to be more proactive in referring the drug activity they notice in all of their automated tools um, that refer to drug things. So they do actually have these tools that um, proactively scan for any kind of potential drug-related content within all these snaps that are going around. Um, what did you say? There's how many snaps? 5.5 billion snaps a day. Something and I like don't that. even make up a half a dozen of them. Yeah, I make up zero of them. So, I mean, they are trying to do that. Um, but what they're saying is that some of these people who are dealing these drugs can actually just create new counts really quickly. So it's really hard to to track this. But apparently they are going to host a summit, or they did host a summit, Snapchat did, um, with law enforcement to help educate about how they're doing this. Um, but 
it's kind of some of these families have really kind of raised the thing. And I think one thing for anybody who's younger or even myself, I didn't know this. I have Snapchat to know is that, you know, Snapchat, you take a picture, it goes away and it's gone. The reality is, is there is some random cloud in the, the universe where nothing ever goes all the way away. Yeah. I think the problem with this is that uh, now with the access of phones from kids in this group of, uh, of patients that died, uh, you know, they were from age 13 and, and up and, and it says basically, Oh yeah, this is, you can get a, a pill as easy as you can order a pizza. Right. So that's, uh, I think that's what's scary. Super scary. Um, you know, one of the cases in here, like Kurt mentioned 14, um, you know, they actually said, okay, like they said that there's 5.5 million pieces of content that they found recently through Snapchat that were violating its guidelines. So this was through the year 2020, excuse me, 5.5 million pieces of content in the year 2020 that violated their like guidelines as what's appropriate to send on a Snapchat. 427,000 of them um, felt that it was regulated goods, including drugs and firearms. Wow. I mean, that's... Scary. This is why my kids don't have cell phones. Man, <laughs> I would never get them a cell phone. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I just reading through these uh, young people's stories is yeah, pretty a, tough. A 16-year-old um, thinking he was getting Percocet. Um, you know, a 20-year-old, kind of the same deal. And it took like months and months and months they actually put a subpoena to Snapchat to get the information about this dealer. It took months and months and months even to get this. Um, and actually in the state of California where this one case happened, they're trying to propose this law called Alexandra's Law, which would make it easier to charge drug dealers with murder. Now in Minnesota, we do have that where if there is an overdose death, people can be charged with the, that. The and dealer it, can the be The dealer charged. can be charged um, unfortunately in California, the bill didn't make it out of the committee, but that is still getting pushed. Yeah. Um, so then this next one that they talk about is a 19 year old also from Minnesota. That's all I'll say about that. But basically this story really frustrated me because this, this, this teenager had this horrible dental crack teeth, all these things, migraines related to all this dental work. Um, the dentist had given him, you know, an oxy or something. Well, then, of course, any further workup got paused because of COVID. So he never was able to get his MRI. He was never able to have his procedure because COVID shut everything down and um, obviously didn't have any more pills from his dentist that he had been prescribed. So he goes on, you know, to Snapchat or whatever to try to get another one of what he had gotten. And it was fentanyl. And it was fentanyl. And I think that's... You know, I, I think that during during COVID, again, we've always we've had so much more mental health issues, and uh, and again, we all know how that kind of corresponds with substance use. So, not yeah. a surprise. So, I wanna I wanna touch on this one, my patient, a little bit. No, just basically that again, same thing. Thought it was pills. They. Narcan and all of that because I caught it pretty quickly and it still definitely did not matter. And so Snapchat is again involved in that case. So anyway, more yeah. of that, just a lot of Snapchat. So I guess the bottom line here is that there are these, these 
pills. And actually this one last case, I'm just going to talk about this very last case. Um, This person thought that they were buying ecstasy. So we're not even talking benzos and opioids anymore. This is ecstasy. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when you, again, you just don't know what you have. And if if you go on the DEA website, uh, this one pill kills thing, and they actually have pictures of all the the fake Mm. and the real. And so I think that the takeaway for this for our patients when we're talking to, them, talking to them about our, you know, our kids, you know, age 13 to anything, 25, 26, is understanding that they need to, they need to be aware that this is a, a real problem and that this is what is killing a lot of young people. Right. So, and Snapchat is not benign when it comes to its involvement here. I don't That's, know. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't know. This is just such a depressing topic. It's but not a fun topic. It's, it's definitely a real thing. And hopefully um, once all the trial stuff gets over with my patient, she can come on with us and tell even more of the story of her son because I think she just, like all of the parents in, in these stories on this um, When One Pill Kills thing from from NBC, they just want to advocate and make change and, and hold people accountable because they're babies. I mean, 13-year-old have have died of this well we'll let her come on and do that that will be great so so couple interesting things we have actually i'm going to change topics quickly um you know next on tuesday coming up we are going to have that final installment of the what opioids mixed with things but this next coming one is going to be on things that opioids can cause um but we've decided that there's probably a lot of things that people want to ask us as some primary care rural addiction doctors that, um, you know, it's kind of hard through our lack of social media in a lot of ways. So now we have an email? We do have an email address. So please email us any questions or any topics you'd like us to do some more research on. Email is super easy. The Addiction Connection Podcast at gmail.com. Even I can remember that. <laughs> So with that, we'll let Battle Lakes take over. And thank you all again for listening. All right. Thanks. You won't.